Have you ever wondered what goes on behind the table at a dance competition? Exactly what are the judges looking for anyway? This is Making the Impact, a dance competition podcast. Each week, we'll cover a different topic related to the world of competitive dance from the perspective of the judges behind the table. This week on Making the Impact, Courtney sits down for our first interview with dance convention owners Frank Musso and Christian Clark from Revel Dance Convention. They discuss the ins and outs of starting a convention company and their rise to success in the industry. Hey, it's Courtney Ortiz, and welcome to this week's episode of Making the Impact, a dance competition podcast. I'm your host, and today I am so excited to be sitting down for our very first dance convention interview. I'm here today with two very close friends of mine and also technically my bosses, the owners and directors of Rebel Dance Convention, Frank Musso and Christian Clark. Say hi, you guys. Hi, how's it going? Yay! I'm super happy you guys could join us for this interview, as I know you're both very busy people and running a successful dance convention company. So thank you so much for joining me. And to all of our listeners out there, if you're unaware, I'm actually a faculty member and judge on Revel Dance Convention, where I've been the Broadway jazz teacher for the past four seasons. So of course, we're going to talk about all things Revel today. But I'm also excited to get to hear about both of your guys' backgrounds pre-Revel and how you decided to start your own dance convention. So very excited to get this started. But before we jump into this interview, I of course want to say thank you to all of our listeners out there. We're growing like crazy and it's all thanks to you. We've been having some really exciting giveaways on social media from some of our sponsors that have been getting a lot of hype. So be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Impact Dance Adjudicators and stay connected for new episode releases and future giveaway offers. And you also will be able to see which events our IDA judges will be judging at during the competition season. So be sure to follow us now to not miss out on any IDA related news and updates. And speaking of sponsors... Have you checked out our season sponsor, Level Up Dance Supplies, for all of your dance bag and dance gear needs? They have the largest selection in the U.S. of dance gear and strength training tools. Level Up Dance Supplies specializes in dance bags with racks and carries up to 13 different styles and brands, including Glamour Gear, Rack and Roll, King Cam Miami, Yofi, and many more. They have even designed their own line of innovative dance products, including rolling rack travel bags, cosmetic cases, mirrors, stretching bands, and so much more. So if you or your dancer is in need of any dance supplies this competition season, be sure to head over to their website now and use the code IMPACT at checkout to receive $10 off your first order at levelupdancesupplies.com. Okay, we finally made it. It is time to get this interview started, and I cannot wait. So I am here with the owners of Rebel Dance Convention, Frank and Christian. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. How are you doing, Courtney? I'm good. We're so excited to be here. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you guys. Seriously, very, very excited because you were our very first dance convention interview. We've done a lot of dance competition owner interviews so far this season, but not a dance convention. So we're going to get a little bit of a different feel and a different spin on this as I know you guys do also do a com- competition element, but we're going to get to all of that. We're going to hear all about it. So before we get into talking about Revel and how great it is, let's hear a little bit about both of you. I'd love to hear your backgrounds and where you are now, where you grew up, what your dance world life is like and any credits you want to share and whatever else you'd like to tell the listener. So let's start with Frank. Hey, Frank. Hey. So I'm the director at Revel and co-owner with Christian. I grew up dancing in New Jersey. I competed for eight years attending both competitions and conventions. After attending 
Montclair State University, I went to perform for a few professional tours and shows. I've been an educator for now 14 years, teaching all over the country. I've been a competition judge for 10 years. All of what you see at Rebel, all of the elements that we've carefully thought out is being pulled from my experience, my years of experience, my years of observing and taking in what I saw from job to job and kind of making it different and doing what I would do in those circumstances. So that's how, like where I grew up and what I've learned has shaped Rebel. I love it. And it definitely shows because it's a beautiful event to attend if you haven't seen the Rebel stage and the Rebel experience. So awesome. Frank, let's hear from Christian. Tell me a little bit about you. Hi, guys. So my experience is a little different. I did not grow up in the dance world. I was actually a musician, though. So I grew up playing jazz trombone. So while not dancing, I was definitely immersed in the arts. But my path to take a different turn after college, um, I really actually went into business and was in the corporate healthcare arena for a number of years. And so when I met Frank and he had shared the desire to start a dance competition and convention, I first had to ask what that was. <laughs> we learned. <laughs> and to be honest, I think, you know, I sort of perhaps a business side of things to Revel, making sure that we had the right infrastructure and, you know, all that type of fun stuff. Whereas he really brought the artistic side and the experience from dance. So it was a really good marriage, if you will, of kind of both sides of the house. Super excited to be in this now. And I can tell you it's a lot more fun than writing contracts in healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, I can only imagine. So I'm very happy that you joined us into this beautiful dance industry, Christian. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so speaking of Revel and kind of starting it, like you said, Christian, you guys are a perfect pair in this sense because you bring the business side and then Frank, you bring the dance, the artistic, the vision behind it. So really, I mean, I know, I know, Frank, you, you briefly touched on this, but I'm very curious as to like, Frank, what made you want to start a convention? Did you just think like, I can do this and I want to make this happen my way and make a successful company? I mean, what really inspired you to create Revel? Well, I've been a dancer since I was seven and mostly competition dance. And I attended conventions from like mm, 1996 to 2003. There weren't as many conventions as there are now. Years ago, maybe five or six, you know, in my studio attended like three of the six. They were very different. The landscape and culture of the convention scene was very different than it was when we decided to start Revel. It was always a goal of mine to start a convention waiting for the right time and how that fit into my life was always something I needed to figure out. My childhood dance friend, Brie Perdue, who is now on faculty for Revel, we would always get together and I would always you know, talk about how we would start a company together or I would start a company on my own. And then I met Chris and he made me feel confident to use my creative license and you know, he always listened to my opinions and decisions and where I wanted, the places I wanted Revel to go. When I moved down to Florida to be with Christian, he wasn't a dancer. I was a dancer. I, I kind of had to like tutor him on the industry. And again, like he said, he took on the business side, the marketing side of the company. And I took on the artistic, the planning, the branding of the company. We created Revel while Brie actually visited us down in Tampa Right around Christmas 2015, we got the website marketing and tour dates out in front of studios by March 2016. 
And our first event was summer intensive July 2016, followed by a 14 city tour during the 2016-2017 season. We just kind of jumped in full force. And like why I started it, again, the dance convention scene was very different from my time at conventions. For many years, I was taking my own students and watching my own students attend conventions, so many conventions throughout the years. And I started to see the focus shift away from the dancers in the room, the education being provided to more of an emphasis on star faculty and their visibility. They would teach dancers and not even look behind them at the dancers. They would just focus on the dancers that they already knew by name. Don't get me started on how filming class has changed the education. I'm doing air quotes, education part. But we shouldn't be ending class with the teacher performing a solo and being failed numerous times. It was just, it was and is sometimes not about the kids. So my own students would leave convention feeling defeated and neglected by faculty. Plus many companies would crowd ballrooms. It'd be difficult for the kids to learn. So I wanted to change those elements of the convention setting. And we did that with Revel, I think. Yeah, I totally think that you did. <laughs> because I, I'm at your events and I teach on your events and I don't feel any of those things that you just described about your events. I feel like the classroom sizes are are great. I feel like that I can focus all of the dancers and it's it's a really inspiring experience. And I do think that you are changing the game in the industry, which is awesome. And I, I, I'm so inspired like to hear how quickly you got this company up and going or going into the fourth season, right? This is Rebel's fourth season. And it feels like, I mean, it feels like I remember I was at like one of the very first New Jersey events back in 2016. And I mean, that just feels like yesterday to see how the growth that you guys have had so far so quickly is really awesome. So props to Frank and Christian for making Rebel happen. And I think you guys, what's really special about you guys is you really listen to your customers. You really try to you know, take in what their feedback is and make that happen for them. And I think that shows in your events, which is really exciting. Yeah. Awesome. Chris, do you have anything to say? Like now that you are into this beautiful dance world? Yes. <laughs> do you do you enjoy it? Do you love it? Do you are you I know you said it's better than raining healthcare contracts, which it definitely sounds like it, but you know, have you found your love for dance now that you're wrapped in it twenty four seven? Yeah, you know, I really have. It's been an exciting path, certainly one that has opened my eyes to a lot of different things that I, I didn't know about before. I think, you know, it's it's really rewarding to, you know, bring an event to these dancers across the country and not only provide, you know, an incredible educational opportunity for them, but to see them come away with new relationships amongst each other, you know, connections that are made that, you know, will survive the test of time. And, you know, just seeing the level of inspiration that, that, you know, these kids experience every weekend, it brings a joy to me that I didn't know before. And so, yeah, I'm just super excited to be part of it. Awesome. So I am curious to hear the answer to this because I don't think I, I really know this answer from you guys. And like you said, Frank, the industry as far as conventions, it's definitely changed and evolved and grown. And like you said, you grew up as a competitive dancer. So did I. We were competing and, and doing that whole thing around the same time frame back in like the 90s and the 2000, early 2000s. So I know you said like there weren't many dance conventions back in the day. I mean, I I think I maybe went to like NYCDA, West Coast Dance Explosion, and like a Tremaine. Like that was it. Like 
I mean, it's it's crazy to think how many actual dance conventions now exist in the industry. But I'm curious to kind of hear why you decided when you were like, all right, you know, we know why you started Revel because you're like, I want to make I want to make a change. I want to do this right. I want to do this my way, my vision. And that's awesome. And you've done it. But why did you decide to go the convention route as opposed to just a strictly competition? Since that's kind of what we more grew up doing. So I'm just curious, you know, four years ago, five years ago, when you sat down in 2015 and were like, let's make this happen. Did you brainstorm just doing a competition or were you always set on, I want the convention aspect of it? I was always set the convention. We knew that providing an educational opportunity was where we wanted to live. It was important for us to create something where winning and trophies were not the end goal. Also, there were hundreds of competitions around the country, and we both felt that it would be very difficult to create differentiation as a new company and gain traction quickly without having the faculty classes element to brand and set ourselves apart. There was certainly a significant amount of risk, particularly financial, to starting a convention as opposed to a competition where you have massive amount of production. Hotel ballrooms are much more expensive to rent than high school auditoriums, much more larger on-site team you need. But it was kind of like go big or go home, I think. Yeah, I mean, and you guys did that. You went big right away. And I think that's what you did right because a lot of people, you know, just kind of sneak their way into the industry and like hope hope for it to keep, you know, going, oh, it'll get bigger next year, it'll get bigger next year. But like you guys were like, no, we're gonna go big or go home. We're gonna start this off the right way because we have we have a lot of competition essentially in the convention industry. So how do we kind of make a name for ourselves? So I think that you guys absolutely did that. I mean, I know, like I said, thinking back about that very one of the very first events in 2016, I was blown away by it when I walked into it. And I've done I've worked for many different conventions previously. But like walking into that experience, I'm like, wow, oh, my gosh, this is going to be so successful. Like I see it. I see the vision. The branding's there. Like the customer service is there. Everything about it. And then the, the faculty I mean, we can talk about the faculty all day because I, I love every single person on this faculty. I think that you guys have done such a good job rounding up a very diverse, versatile faculty that rotates throughout the season, which is exciting because the customers and all of the dancers and the parents think you get a variety. But, you know, how did how did you go about selecting the different genres of dance that you wanted to focus on? Because every convention is very different in that sense where some don't offer ballet. You guys do offer ballet, which I love. Why did you feel like that was a priority in, you know, the schedule? I mean, I think that we understood from the beginning that, you know, to have a successful company that you, it required, you know, a number of different types of ingredients, if you will. You know, we needed to make sure that we had diverse personalities, like you said, diverse classes. We wanted to make sure that, you know, the weekend was grounded in technique and foundation, but also to bring different styles and approaches to the mix, I think. From a faculty perspective, we also wanted to make sure that we had different elements and different perspectives. You know, in the dance world, it's not just one path, right? So we wanted to, you know, bring in teachers who are Emmy Award winners. We wanted to bring in educators who, you know, are still very much out there auditioning and, and performing and are living that path. I think, you know, teachers from, you know, that are in the academia world, teachers and choreographers who have large social media presences. I mean, I think we really wanted to make sure we covered all of our bases so that, you know, no matter who you are in that room taking class, you can feel a connection to at least, you know, one person that inspires you that, you know, that you may be on the same path as them. So I think, you know, that's kind of was our approach. You know, Frank wants to add more to that. 
as far as the the dance styles or the genres, I feel like we we decided that we want to at least start with the basics and the foundation, you know, the ballet, the jazz, the contemporary, the tap, and then add in, you know, like hip hop and jazz funk as those like elective genres. And then two years in, we added ballroom, trying to think what other genres we've incorporated. We've incorporated lyrical at times. We had injury prevention classes. And then we have non-rebel classes, if you want to talk about that. Our goal was to provide additional experiences too that would be helpful as interest thinking about, you know, moving into a more of a professional career. You know, we bring in faculty from the American Musical and Dramatic Academy who hold a workshop each weekend. It's an opportunity for dancers to, you know, perhaps walk away with a college tuition scholarship. They also have a summer program that they give scholarships away to. So that's been a really great addition to the weekend lineup outside of the traditional rebel classes. We also bring in a representative from the Movement Talent Agency out of Los Angeles, and they hold a audition workshop class and really give dancers an opportunity to experience sort of a fast-paced LA-style audition. And, you know, there's an opportunity that some of these dancers may even, you know, get recognized with a consultation scholarship with the agency. So, you know, it's important, we think, to provide a well-rounded experience throughout the weekend and, and expose dancers to, you know, classes that will help them outside of, you know, their their high school career. And there's also two other special classes we provide. One is called the Mini Dance Party, which is where we have, it's every weekend, it's themed, and they, we give out props to the, to the kids, and we incorporate those props and the theme into a little routine, like a one-minute routine, and then we perform it at the end of the class for parents. And we also have Rex our mascot, our dinosaur mascot, come on in and do the dance with us. And so that's more of like, you know, it's for the minis. It's fun. It's not so, it's like a, an hour of just fun time. And a lot of the times I hear, you know, studio owners and teachers say, oh, the mini room was so hard. The mini room was so difficult, you know, and this kind of like lightens the mood, gives them like, you know, gives them an hour of just fun and interaction and we get we let them take the props home and they love that and so i always dress up in a ridiculous costume and <laughs> they love that so that's a special class we also have our ballet bar class yes the ballet bar yeah so we've added an hour of ballet bar to the schedule every weekend yeah for teens and seniors so teens and seniors will get their regular ballet class on saturday and then on sunday they get a ballet bar class not only are we, you know, incorporating ballet into the weekend, but they get it more than once. The teens and seniors get it more than once at a Rebel event. So that's super cool. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I couldn't be more happy to have seen that ballet bar class happen at your first event this season. It was so inspiring. And I'm, I think there might be a few other conventions that do something similar. But for me, like, Always, I think that I love that you have ballet as like a requirement on the schedule. I mean, like we said, it's the it's one of the foundations of dance. It is part of our technique. We need ballet. Ballet helps us in all genres. So to not just throw that out the window when we go to convention and actually learn from a new teacher, we take ballet every week, at least once a week, hopefully more than once, but probably at least once a week. Sometimes we need that like extra push and motivation from a different teacher to just see like, oh, yeah, ballet is great. Ballet is cool. 
we need ballet. I love ballet because a lot of dancers are like, oh, ballet. I don't like ballet, but like you got to take it. So, you know, I and I think that Lee and Duncan on the Rebel faculty make ballet really fun and exciting. And adding that ballet bar is just such a, a great idea to really focus on their technique you know, and not have to cram in more choreography into their head from the other teachers and just take this hour to like, I'm going to focus on me and my ballet technique and, you know, a safe place for a ballet bar. And another thing, I mean, I, I may be a little biased, but I love that you have Broadway on the schedule because Broadway is obviously an important element in the dance world. And I feel like that sometimes the New York City style of dance and that Broadway musical theater style gets a little bit lost with how the industry is so commercialized and so LA focused these days. And, you know, there are many dancers, myself including, and I know Frank, you were in the New York City dance scene with me for a while. Like that is a very huge part of this industry and we want to keep that alive. So I always love and appreciate that you have Broadway on there. And so dancers can get a feel as to what that would be like if they were to audition for a Broadway show or, you know, get an idea of how to dance in heels. The other element of ballroom is brilliant because that is huge, especially in the commercial world. Everyone's watched Dancing with the Stars. We all love that show. But I know for a fact, when I did my first cruise ship job, I never danced a day in my life in a heel before. And then I also had to learn how to like figure out how to do disco Latin very quickly. And I had no idea what I was doing. So having even just a little taste of that for an hour at a convention will help prep you into the real world, no matter what, being versatile is so important. And I think that Revel really highlights that with with your event as a whole. Yeah. And like, we don't like, we have eight faculty that are at every event. So we have eight styles going on at every event. So you're going to get hip hop, jazz, tap, ballet, contemporary, street jazz or jazz bunk, ballroom and Broadway. So you're getting all eight genres. It's not like one week you're going to get ballroom and one week you're going to get Broadway or one week you're going to get hip hop and one week you're going to get tap. You get all eight at every event. It's great. It's so good. And I love all the opportunities you offer for the auditions. Like you mentioned, Christian, like the Movement Talent Agency and the AMDA. I mean, if I wish so much, and this is why I love that you created Revel. And and I love just how the industry has grown in general towards the conventions. Because like I said earlier in the podcast, there weren't really many conventions when I was growing up. Opportunities like this, I never had when I was these dancers' age. I mean, I would have killed to get in front of an agent. I would have killed to have an option to get some scholarship money to go to college. I didn't, I barely got any money to go to college. And that's probably why I didn't go because college is so expensive. If someone would have handed me over a $20,000 scholarship to AMDA, I probably would have had an easier decision on like what route to go after I graduated from high school. You know, it's really awesome that you guys are able to offer this and these dance companies can like essentially scout for new talent, up and coming fresh talent at your events. It's awesome. Yeah, it's been a huge part of, you know, the weekends at Revel. And, you know, I think what's great is not only are these educators and instructors and agents, you know, holding these classes, but they do have an opportunity to also, you know, walk around the event throughout the weekend and notice how these dancers are doing in their other classes and the competition and observe how they perform on stage. So, you know, it's just a well-rounded approach. And I know a lot of kids who have attended Revel have, you know, won scholarships, have gone on to 
attend AMDA as a as a student and or who have been signed by MTA and have you know started to book jobs. And I think that's just such a rewarding aspect for Frank and I to see that translate into you know educational and working opportunities outside of the Rebel Weekend. So it's been great. Hey, podcast listeners. Are you in need of a new dance bag for the competition season? If you are, be sure to check out our sponsor, Level Up Dance Supplies, for all of your dance bag and dance gear needs. Not only do they offer the top name brands like Diva Dolly and Rock and Roll, but they have even designed their own line of exciting dance gear and garment bags. Level Up Dance Supplies also has cosmetic cases, strength training tools, and many more accessories to keep you organized throughout a busy competition weekend. Head over to their website now and grab all of your dance gear for the season. And don't forget, use the code IMPACT at checkout to receive $10 off your first order at levelupdancesupplies.com. Happy competition season. And now back to the show. Yeah, I, I honestly think that's what it's about. You know, like obviously as when we're young, when we're like under 18, when we're at our dance studio training, we're training and that is important. But it's also important to not only continue our training and broaden our horizons with new styles of dance, but also gain exposure into the industry. And that's what you guys are bringing to the table is the opportunity for these young dancers to be exposed at an early age and get a little taste and feel of what that might be like. So you're setting them up. Like you said, some people are walking right out of Revel graduation by high school into AMDA, into the LA dance scene with an agent already. I mean, that's amazing. So it really is. Yeah. It's really, really awesome. Do you guys have any desire to chat about the Pro Reveler program or any of the Pro Reveler of the Year? Absolutely. Cool. So, yeah, one of the other, I think, unique opportunities that dancers have an opportunity to audition for Revel is, like you said, what we call our, our Pro Reveler Faculty Assistant Program. So during the Revel weekend, the dancers will attend the Sunday morning bright and early audition, <laughs> which is led by our faculty and Frank can share a little bit more about kind of that audition and then what translates after that. So the pro program, you have to, before you even attend the 7 a.m. Sunday morning audition class, you have to fill out an application and submit a headshot. And we usually have a pro reveler kiosk out in our ballroom lobby or foyer area. And that's where you can grab a application and then you submit the application with your headshot to the merchandise table. There's a fee for the application. It's a $25 fee. And the portion of the fees go to or they're donated to American Dance Movement, which goes to help fund dance education in communities around the country. So these dancers that have the privilege of not only attending a dance convention, but also being able to afford an application to attend another class and audition for this wonderful opportunity, they're also helping those that aren't as privileged by just that small little donation. So they attend this class, and in the class, we teach them a jazz ballet combo, and then we make a cut, and then we teach them a tap combo. And so we're trying to like figure out a few things. One, how quick they pick up choreography. Two, how versatile they are. So can they tap? Can they do ballet? Can they do jazz? Because we want our pros to be versatile and we want them to pick up choreography very quickly. And then we're also looking at just their presence and their energy. Yeah, you know, if they're going to almost be kind of these ambassadors to the brand or they're going to represent us on stage and in the hallways and, you know, in, in a lobby, you know, they, they have to have a presence about them. And that's just teaching them, you know, audition skills you know you don't walk into an audition any other way so 
just learning in that hour, those combinations and the feedback we give them. And we then select every weekend from that audition. I don't know. I mean, it changes per city. We don't really have a number of how many we choose. It really is dependent upon the talent that's in the room. But we choose pro revelers every weekend. And then those pro revelers have to attend a mandatory orientation in the summer where they learn their group routines for the following year, their opening number for the remix closing show. They get tested in different genre classes where we can kind of analyze their strengths. And then we take that information and we use it to schedule them throughout the season, put them in the classes where they excel the best. And they get at the orientation, they get like all this like pro reveler swag. They get like a book bag and a shirt and a hoodie and a jacket. And they love that. They get their like pro reveler name tag. And yeah, and they kind of get their first taste at assisting because the following day after the orientation, we have our summer intensive in Tampa where they get to assist for the first time. So it's like a really cool weekend for them. And they meet all their other pro reveler friends and they make friends and make new memories. And it's really, I really enjoyed seeing that. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I I love that you guys offer this and so many dancers have this great opportunity to kind of work on a one-on-one level as an assistant with the teachers throughout the season. And we really get to know all of the dancers well. And that's another connection that they're making and establishing, which is wonderful. And correct me if I'm wrong, but with, you know, once their year passes, then they also have the opportunity to compete for the title of Pro Reveler of the Year. Yeah. So after they've done a whole year of assisting, they get to attend our national finals in Orlando, where they get to compete against each other for a pro reveler of the year. We have like our pro reveler showdown that starts nationals. And that's the competition where they perform their solos. This is the only time they're allowed to compete their solos throughout the season. So they compete their solos at the pro showdown. And then they go through a rigorous week of assisting and auditioning for pro reveler of the year, a national title. And yeah, and then we select Pro Reveler of the Year. And what that title comes with is a cash prize, a beautiful plaque. And also they get to attend Revel events and assist Revel events for up to two years post high school graduation. Love that. Where Revel pays for all their expenses. Wow. Oh my gosh. I love, love, love that. That's so awesome. There's also some unique things we're adding to the program, like our pro reveler of the year throughout their time will be able to teach a Friday bonus class. We also are allowing them to help assist in the movement talent agency and lead the combo in that class throughout the season. I love these opportunities that you guys are giving to these dancers. It's really exciting. So we've learned so much about Revel and how great the event is. And for people who have have not attended a Revel event, I hope that maybe you would like to come join us because I'd love to see you there. And I know that Frank and Christian would love to see you as well. But, you know, Revel is a newer company in the industry. And I'm just curious as to how you guys have grown so much in the industry in this short amount of time of only being around for going into our fourth season. And it's 
we're in the heat of the season right now and the convention season, but you know, a, a successful company like yourself already in year four, how have you made this happen and, and grow so quickly? Yeah. I mean, looking back, <laughs> I think um, you're right. We have had a lot of momentum and, and growth quickly. And we're just so appreciative of everyone who's come out and, and tried Revel and come back year after year. We're just truly humbled and grateful at the support that we've had. You know, I think when Frank and I look back at, you know, if we try to analyze, you know, how did it grow so quickly and why, I, I feel like, you know, there's probably four key ingredients, I guess, that, you know, provided and sustained the momentum. I think we hit on this a little earlier, but making sure that we had a diverse faculty, you know, that each brought something special to the mix. I think the other thing that we really focused on in the beginning and continue to do is really developing relationships with studios and studio owners, not just doing a mass mailing and hope that people will love the way it looks and the way it sounds and come try us out, but really reaching out to studio owners personally. Frank and I have both done that on Facebook and telephonically and even going out to studios and setting up a booth in their lobby, just really making that personal connection and making sure that they had the opportunity to ask us questions and find out firsthand you know, about our events and that we could understand what they were looking for in a convention and speak to that. So I think that was a huge focus and continues to be for us. I think the other thing is we really, we really stayed true to what we were good at and didn't try to take on everything ourselves. You know, we didn't do the production as far as the stage and all of that ourselves. We, we outsourced that element to people who are great at it and who do it well. And, you know, the same goes with photo and video and all those different elements that you expect in a weekend, just making sure that we stuck to the marketing and getting the message out and talking about the faculty and all the things we were, you know, we thought we were good at. So that was a huge part of it. I think it really, you know, letting the subject matter experts, if you will, handle the things they were good at and, and us focus on the stuff we were good at. I think the other thing that we really focused on heavily in the beginning and, and continue to do is really making a profound impact on social media. You know, we, we knew that it was going to be important to hire an amazing photographer and videographer right away so that when we started having events that we could share that experience and give people a window into what they could expect at Revel. And not just, you know, having it be a movie set, but really what they would experience when they got there, that they would feel that same aesthetic and, and vibe. So, yeah, I think we really focused on that and, and making sure that, you know, we were getting the message out and, and sharing the experience in hopes that people would, you know, appreciate and, and want to come. And it's really worked out. In our office and on site, we have unmatched customer service. We make people feel seen. From the parents to the dancers, staff and faculty always being down in the lobby and even taking each other's classes at times. Like I know, Courtney, you've taken. I take class. <laughs> and they just, like, you guys have a presence among our attendees, down in the lobby, down in the rooms. And so our attendees feel comfortable coming up to you, communicating with you. And, and you guys really enjoy communicating and interacting with our attendees, but from the parents to the teachers to the dancers. You guys aren't just teaching your one hour and then going up to the room to hibernate all weekend. You know, like we're down in the lobby where we actually in, like we enjoy being around one another. We're all friends. It's it's a really a friendly environment. And that translates. Too. And that translates. Yeah, it really does. I, I feel the same, you know, as a faculty member on it. it is very it's very much like a family. I look forward every weekend when I do go out on my events to see everybody and catch up with everybody and. We all hang out and go out to eat and 
catch up and just have like an awesome like it's for me I mean it's definitely not work it is because I'm loving it like I love teaching and I love spending time with everybody I love judging I'm working the whole weekend I mean I'm I'm a busy girl but the atmosphere and the experience for me as a faculty is definitely family friendly so I can only imagine that it's you know that's shining through and hoping that it does shine through in our classes and in the experience itself so I can definitely vouch for that. <laughs> I think the other piece that we didn't touch too much on today, but you know, obviously we do have a competition that occurs throughout the weekend as well. And I think we've put a lot of focus on making sure that, you know, we have an incredible panel of, of judges, you know, um, who are also our faculty. I know in some cases too, if we need to bring in outside judges, we rely on Courtney and IDA to fill those slots. So, you know, we want to make sure that we're giving incredible feedback from people who truly get it, <laughs> are willing to share their knowledge, you know? And so I think that's another thing we hear a lot is just how solid and valuable the critiques are that come out of the weekend. So thanks to you, Courtney, who are often on that panel. I mean, it, like you said, we, we didn't really touch a lot on the competition aspect, but this is a dance competition podcast. So we can talk about the competition aspect of your event. And that does usually like take over majority of the Friday, sometimes can start during the day on Friday and then lead into Saturday evening. And I know that there's like what I love about like convention competition competitions is that there's no levels. So everyone's competing against each other, which I personally love. So that's really great. And for me as a teacher, I think it's really awesome to see dancers in their element as the soloist or in their group with their studio and seeing who's dancing with who and then watching them come out and blow my mind and impress me in their solos, and then getting to actually work with them in class the next day is really, really awesome, which is why I love convention competitions as being on the faculty for that. It's just, it's really exciting to see, you know, and like, it's also surprising sometimes I see like a beautiful contemporary dancer blow my mind at competition, and then I get them in my class, and I'm like, oh, jazz is not your strength. I'm going to change that. Let's, we got to work on the style, you know, and it, it's a good thing. Like that's why we, and the panel on at Revel is usually very versatile. Like I'm usually sitting next to Aaron, who's the tap teacher. So he's got the tap covered. I'm like the technique jazz lyrical contemporary teacher. I do everything. And then sometimes we have like, I sat next to Derek Mitchell, who is the street jazz and contemporary teacher. It's a very versatile panel. So you're getting a lot of different opinions in a good way coming from all different parts of the industry, because Derek's been in all, you know, all facets of the industry. He's been from New York to LA. I'm New York. You know, it just, it's really awesome. And I think that the, pan, the panel is really quality. So um, the competition aspect of Revel is, is, very, is rarely great. And I really enjoy judging it and watching the talent. It's awesome to see the dancers in their element. Yes, we do too. So speaking of just the dance convention world in general, it's like we've talked about, it's evolved throughout the years and grown tremendously. Do you feel like the evolution of the dance convention world has gotten better or changed in, for the best or for the worst? What are your thoughts on you know how this dance industry is growing? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely with the advent of TV dance shows and social media and YouTube and all of those different platforms. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's created a lot of incredible awareness and it brought the art form more mainstream, I guess, in a lot of ways, which has been great. I know that when we talk to studio owners and teachers, I think it helps enrollment, you know, that these kids see these shows and are inspired and think, oh, that's really cool. I want to try that. 
I think we've seen a lot more boys get into dance, which is a good thing. Yeah, I think it's really, you know, increased popularity with the art form. I mean, I think with anything that gets funneled through television or social media, you know, that it does create challenges too, that I think creates a responsibility on us in the industry to have awareness of. And so, you know, I think oftentimes, perhaps with social media in particular, there's a sense that, you know, you can go out and become famous right away because kids see these dancers and choreographers on social media and uh, YouTube videos and such. And I think, you know, it's probably helpful to remember that, you know, it does take a lot of work and it doesn't happen overnight and not everyone's going to become insta famous <laughs> and that's okay. So I think, you know, it's just important that we keep that, you know, that, that in our forefront as, as being people who are part of the industry. I think that, you know, as educators and choreographers, you know, particularly in the convention world where you have a lot of younger children following you, that it's important to make sure that your content is age appropriate and that we're, you know, we're carrying on that responsibility. Being aware of your audience. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think it, like with anything, as I said earlier, you know, it creates challenges, but I think overall that the awareness of the art form and, you know, having kids really be able to even, you know, once they're, once they see a show on TV, aspire to do that. It just does good things for everyone. I totally agree. I mean, we, we very often in this podcast and for previous episodes, and I'm sure more in the future, we've very much touched on the fact that TV and social media and has really heightened the dance world and bring a good awareness to the dance world, but also, you know, sometimes not bad, but like, you know, it, We've gotten it's got it's grown. It's grown like crazy. Thank you to Dance Moms. Thank you to World of Dance. Thank you to So You Think You Can Dance. And it's a crazy industry, which I love, but it's growing like crazy. And hey, it's good for us because yes, we are in this. <laughs> We're in this for the long haul. So to wrap up this awesome interview and learning all about Revel and, and you guys as well, do you have any final thoughts on that you'd like to kind of just share with the world? Yeah, I think that. One of the really important elements to Revel that we really immersed ourselves in this season is the element of giving back and instilling that in our attendees. I know obviously a lot of these kids participate in fundraisers and other things throughout the year within their own studio environments and perhaps at home and school, but we really want to instill that that you know lifelong lesson of giving back to those who are less fortunate. I think in the convention world, you know, a lot of times it's lost that, you know, how much of a privilege it is to be able to attend convention and that not every incredible or not, you know, dancer who's just starting out there who has that opportunity to to take classes and, and participate in an event like Rebel. So we actually, at Nationals last year, invited Adam Shankman out from, I'm sure everyone knows him from his time on So You Think You Can Dance as a judge, but also he's, you know, done a lot of directing and producing throughout Hollywood. But we had him out to our Nationals and struck a partnership with American Dance Movement, which is formerly the Dizzy Feet Foundation, which he and Nigel started that foundation, but started this relationship where we would help raise money at our events and so that it would go towards their initiatives of bringing dance education to, you know, communities that are at risk and losing the arts and things like that and make sure that kids who aren't, you know, necessarily able to get out to a convention every weekend still have the art available to them. And so that's been really important to us. I think we'll continue to, to grow that side of Revel and make sure that, you know, we're doing our part, give back, and that we're instilling that again in, 
the kids who come out to our events. Yeah, absolutely. I love that partnership that you guys created and it's really awesome. So any final, final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners who've been listening all about how fabulous Revel is and anything else you want to share with them? Well, first, we just want to thank you, Courtney, for having us on today. It's just super exciting to be part of the podcast. And we're so honored to be the first convention interview that you've done. And I hope everyone will come out to Revel and take Courtney's class because she's phenomenal. <laughs> but yeah, if you haven't been out to Revel before, you know, please go check us out on you know Instagram at Revel Dance Convention. See some of what the classes are like, the videos and photos, and there's probably still some spots left in this in the tour. So want to come check us out? Hop on to DanceRevel.com, and we'd love to have you and share the experience. Thanks so much to our guests Frank and Christian from Revel Dance Convention for joining us on this episode. To learn more about Revel and to check out their upcoming tour dates, visit DanceRevel.com. Also, be sure to stay tuned on our social media for an exciting giveaway offer from Revel Dance Convention. Do you have a dance competition question you've been dying to ask a judge? Now's your chance to send us your questions. We might answer them on the show and give you a shout out, or you can choose to remain anonymous. Submit your questions to us on our website at www.impactdanceadjudicators.com slash podcast via audio or text. Hey, dancers, if you're looking to receive even more feedback from your standard critique competition, be sure to check out IDA's online judges critiques. Submit your video on our website now to receive personalized feedback from our professional judges. You even have the option to add on our additional feedback service, where your judge will provide in-depth corrections for an extra 10 to 15 minutes post-critique to help take your performance to the next level. Critiques start at only $35, and we are happy to offer our podcast listeners an exciting promo. Use the code PODCAST10 in all caps to receive 10% off your first IDA online critique. Head to our website now to submit your routine at impactdanceadjudicators.com slash online critiques. We can't wait to see your dance. If you like what you heard on today's episode and want more, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. The more positive reviews we get, the more great content we can bring to you all about things dance competition. Head over to Apple Podcasts now to rate us and leave us a review. Coming up in the next few weeks, we have some exciting topics, including the February edition of Q&A with Courtney, Acro at Competition, and social media in the dance world. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and tune in every Monday for new episodes. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Making the Impact, a dance competition podcast. Till next time, keep dancing.